You primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. Ain't it cool? 
want to kill me. Now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. DJ Nubus with you another episode of the Hordes of Chaos episode 76 on the Metal Tavern Radio podcast got a lot of great shit lined up for you in this episode new stuff from Starless Domain Witch Bones Fistula also got some classic stuff like Fin Troll as well as Slayer and Power Madden there uh, some great topics to get to, uh, some very interesting things, some e- interesting discoveries on my part, um, all the way around. So, uh, we're gonna get this shit going, we'll get to some of those topics a little later, but... Brand new stuff from Calepsity... Catalepsy, excuse me. I don't know why I always pronounce that wrong. Uh, Catalepsy, uh, Closer Than Flesh, and here we go, new stuff.
Closing out that block. New Witchbones, the call of the triple goddess. Also had some Starless Domain provided by Grand Sounds Promotions. Uh, as with all the promotion and labels that I work with, be sure to go by, check them out. They do a lot of hard work for these bands, getting us to music to play and whatnot. Uh, that Starless Domain, I, that was only like a seven-minute clip that I played. That track is actually like 45 minutes long, so... If that's your style and you want to check it out, go check out their uh, band page, uh, whatever, Bandcamp, and, and check them out. Starless Domain Alma. New stuff from them. And before that, brand new stuff by Catalepsy. Uh, so one of the first topics I wanted to get to, and, you know, for anyone that knows me, I'm like, uh, it's funny because I'm a big Dario Argento fan, but yet, majority of his movies I really don't care for. Uh, but Suspiria, the original Suspiria, is like my favorite horror of all time. And I have some other ones on DVD that I got years ago. Uh, Opera being one. And Deep Red. That's about it as far as like the stuff that I actually own. I mean, I need to probably go and get more. Oh, I do have Tenebrae as well. Um, need to get Phenomena. I just watched that again the other day on Shudder. I did not realize at the time when I first saw that with Jennifer Connelly that, that I saw the the one that was labeled Creepers it was the American version. I didn't realize that it was hacked to death for like thirty minutes or so. So I went and checked out the original on Shutter and uh, much much better. Um, and I'll get to my top five where that kind of falls in there. Uh, but I came across an article that ranked all of Argento's films. It's on SlashFilm.com. And they rank all 17 of his films. And, and some of these I actually have not even heard of or even seen. So I guess I'm going to have to end up kind of hunting them down just to see if they're even decent watches or not. But let's get to their list a little bit. Um, at number 17, I, now here's another side note to a lot of this. For those that are aware of Argento, he has a daughter, Asia, um, and uh, she's also one of the women that came forward about Harvey Weinstein raping them, and the thing that I always found interesting about Asia is that early on, with some of her films that she did with her dad, the subject matter had her as a character being raped, and etc., etc., so... It's really weird to me that she would want to portray characters, especially because it was around the time, those years, that she was actually assaulted and raped by Weinstein, or allegedly, I don't want to jump the gun, but it's it just weird to me that she would actually want to portray a character going through that. Now, it could be that that's just her way of coping with it. I don't want to be dismissive about it, but... That just an interesting point about some of that, and it gets to number 17 on this list, is the Stendhal Syndrome. And they pretty much crucified, like, their little quips. If you want to go check it out, SlashFilm.com has all of, just say, Dario Gento Films rank, and it'll come up. But they, they kind of, like, put their thoughts into how bad the movie is, just from a plot standpoint with the character. But, it, you know, again... Uh, she's playing a character, a policewoman, who deals with 
dizziness and hallucinations and of course is raped by a serial killer whom she ends up killing and becoming one or whatever uh so that's the Stendhal syndrome at 17 at 16 they have Gallo um of course Argento is known for Gallo films and there's a genre for that the mystery killers and whatnot I'm going to get into that when it comes to Deep Red, because I, I caught the end of that the other day, first time in a long time. I, I have some issues with that, but this movie called Gallo from 2009 with Adrian Brody, uh, I've never seen this. It, apparently it's not so good because it's at 16 on the list, so I'll have to check it out for myself just to see where it's at. 15... Uh, Again, Asia's in this, uh, but also Julian Sands, who I like a lot. Uh, is their version of the Fan of the Opera from 1998. Uh, just a quick note on that again. Her character in this, apparently, is also raped by a boyfriend that she has at the time or whatever before dived into the Phantom itself. Uh, you know, Stendhal came out in 96, and this is 98. Um, so it's just kind of weird that, uh, you know, she, again, she's doing these roles that put her in that kind of mindset. I don't know if she just, like I said, how she copes with it all. Who knows? Um, I don't think I ever finished all of the fan opera. I, I just, I don't think I've been able to find it and sit and watch it. So, uh, I definitely have to go back and revisit that just to see where it would fall with me. Number 14, uh, he did his version of Dracula. I do believe Asia's in that as well. Uh, I don't remember too much about it, but obviously Rucker Howard's in it. Rest in peace for him. Uh, 13, this is one I haven't seen called The Card Player from 2004. Uh, just a plot says a killer with a modern taunts police by making them play online poker hands, and if they lose, he kills a victim live on the webcam. Don't know much about it. We'll check it out. 12 Trauma, uh, probably about right where it's rated. I, I'm not a big fan of that film overall. Uh, Asia, again, and she's a bit younger. This is 93, so. Uh, let's see, number 11, Inferno. I Again, I think this is about right. Uh, some people rate Inferno pretty high. I don't. Uh, it probably would fall about this level somewhere in there. 10, another film. This is actually going way back. I never heard of it I don't think and it might be before Crystal Plumage uh, Four Flies on a Great Velvet maybe I have heard of it I just don't remember it but uh, 1971 I'm going to have to like go and hunt that down and check it out again I just don't remember much about it 9 is uh, Mother of Tears 2007 that was the third installment of the trilogy from Suspiria Inferno and then Mother of Tears the three mothers uh yeah, I didn't like that one too much. Um, you know, by then I think, you know, the problem with Argento, and this is sort of what I'm going to get into, is that he's really hit or miss. Like, you know, he tends to miss more than he hits. Like, I don't know if it's just he tries too hard. I mean, aside from, you know what, and I didn't even notice that in this uh, ranking. So I don't know. Maybe it was Demons? I thought Demons was directed by him, but maybe he was with someone else doing this, so... Because they don't list Demons at all in this, so it's interesting. Um, but those are good movies. I like Demons and all that, and Demons too. Uh, but yeah, Mother of Tears was a letdown in that regard, so... 
Uh, that one didn't do much for me. Uh, Eight is another film, uh, 2001, I haven't seen. It's called Sleepless. Uh, killer returns 27 years after he's believed to have died and now retired cop who's closed the original cases back on his trail. Um, seven, Cat of Nine Tales. It's very highly recommended most of the time. I, I kind of find it boring, but this is... This is the thing with Gallo films is that they can be kind of cool at times if they're done right. Um, but I think Argento really excels more when he actually just goes straight for the horror. And I think that's why Suspiria works so much for me because it, it, it doesn't really beat around with the mystery part of it. They, they get into it, you kind of have an idea who the bad people are. And it just, you know, there's no mystery to it. I know that's not the design of what Gallo's all about, but uh, I've seen other Gallo films that are actually much better than the stuff that Argento does. So, I mean, I obviously have some in my top five that would fit that, um, that he does really good work with. So we'll get to that. I just didn't think Cat of Nine Tales was all that great. Uh, number six, Opera. Now, this is actually appears as number three in my top five um i really like this one i do own it uh much better than deep red for me so that's at number six number five this actually appears number five on my list a bird with a crystal plumage another classic by argento um yeah not much to say there with that one uh, uh that's just a really good film definitely top five Number four, Tenebrae. This actually appears as number two on my list. Uh, I really like this one a lot. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Um, number three, they have Suspiria. Now, obviously, that's number one on my list. Uh, it, most people who think Argento obviously think of Suspiria. I mean, they'll think of some of these other films, obviously, but I think most people in general admit that Suspiria is basically Argento's unicorn. Like, that's his, his crowning achievement in most ways. So, kind of surprised at number three there. Number two, uh, Phenomena. Uh, this is the one that stars Jennifer Connelly, young Jennifer Connelly. Um, it, it's an interesting film, just in the sense that, you know, Jennifer plays a teenager who can control insects by befriending them. Uh, and witnesses, witnesses a murder via the bug. Somehow there's like this transference of vision or whatever that she can get and see this stuff. Uh, but it's a very, very interesting film. Uh, it's another, it's sort of like half horror, half gallow. So you'll get a little bit of like the mystery of the killer, but then there's like just like some true horror in there. Um... And like I said, there's two versions of that. There's Phenomena, which is the original, and then there's the American version, which is called Creepers. And then number one, I don't, still don't know why, Deep Red. Um, Phenomena, by the way, was number four on my list. So to break out my top five, Suspiria, Tenebrae, Opera, Phenomena, and then The Bird of the Crystal Clumage. And now on the list here for the rankings, they give Deep Red number one. Now, it's not that it's like, incredibly horrible uh it's definitely a gala it's like the perfect example of a gala film but you know i caught like maybe the last 20 minutes the other day just on shutter one because they have like live feeds and whatnot i uh 
when I'm watching it, like, even though I do own it, because I, I, when I bought it initially, I bought, like, Suspiria, like, blew me away so much that when, at the time that I, I saw it, I just started, like, buying Argento stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's great, you know. And, so, you know, Tenebrae and, you know, uh, Operate certainly did that. Deep Red, it, like I said, it's not horrible by any standard. It just, I don't find it to be as great as the others that I like more myself. Um, but they put it up there as number one, and it's basically the plot is a pianist witnesses a murder and is drawn into a mystery surrounding the killer's identity. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's their number one. That's on slashfilm.com. Uh, again, if you want to comment at all, make some, you know, your own list or whatever, let me know. I'd be interested in what your top five Argento films would be. If not, okay, too. We're going to move on. Next block of music, I've actually got some classic Slayer and Power Madden here. But, uh, we're going to start off with some new stuff from Death Storm. This is Funeral. Funeral deaths.
topic I want to get to, and this is interesting uh, on many fronts, you know, back in, I don't know, what, 91, 92, uh, you know, it was kind of like my last, last episode where we talked about the height of MTV and when it was just starting to kind of branch into real world territory and all that, uh, one of their regulars on their uh, MTV there was... Uh, comedian Polly Shore and uh, it's also around that time that uh, Polly was starting to get his own movies and all this other stuff and I remember going to the theaters I forget what movie I was watching but I saw the trailer uh, for Encino Man and Polly Shore was, of course like you know doing his usual weasel stuff uh, but when I actually ended up seeing the movie it was actually Brendan Fraser who ended up stealing that movie just playing the caveman and it's like you know he went on to do a lot of great roles now just real quickly uh in Cena man just i was looking at the cast from back then and it was a lot of young uh star talent there sean astin who would go on to do rudy and of course sam and the lord of the rings trilogy uh robin tunney megan ward uh and of course brendan and polly and there's also, I forget the other guy, the guy that played the asshole boyfriend. He ends up showing up in Gilmore Girls, which one of Neko's favorite TV series, which I thought was kind of funny. But anyway, the story I'm talking about is basically Brendan Fraser and how he was doing all these movies in the 90s and early 2000s. Well, then uh, he eventually just kind of like dropped off the map. And this, you know, happens occasionally with actors and actresses when whether they just lose their star power or other things that happen. And in Brendan's case, you know, it's a little bit of uh, both. Uh, I think Brendan at times, and he'd probably admit this to some level, is that he was, and he kind of did. There's an article on GQ.com, and it's basically talking a little bit about his comeback or whatever. Um, but how he had... Uh, kind of like been working himself to death and so much so that at times it was taking a toll on him physically to the point where it caused injuries and he needed surgery to like repair his knee or back or something like that but he was just kind of doing just anything and everything and some of those movies never paid off uh in return so you know at that point he was kind of doing duds and but you know stuff like uh bedazzled or uh airheads you know, stuff like that was really good, but then in the Mummy stuff, except for Mummy Three, that and that, and that's kind of like one of the things that Brennan talked about. He was just kind of going through the motions when it came to that particular film, and I don't know if that's really what made me not like the film because Jet Li's in it too. But I think when it came to like that particular series, uh, I forget the actress's name. That she's the one from the first two films that played his girlfriend, eventual wife. And they had a really, really good chemistry, and she wasn't in that third film. They had someone else replace her, I think. Uh, and I, and it kind of just missed a beat for me in terms of the comedy and how it came across. But apparently with Brendan, it was also a point in his life where it just... I don't think he was really feeling it. 
and ready for it. But then we find out that there's just so much more going on with him, you know, uh, over the years since then. You know, he's dealt with depression from his mom passing. Then he was gotten divorced. Uh, he changes local locals, you know, locales because of where he lived and all that. And he was just mentally broken. Uh, then we also find out through this interview that in 2003, uh, right around then, 2003 or four, uh, not only was he trying to audition for the Superman role that eventually went to some other dude in 2006, but there was an incident in 2003 where he was actually sexually assaulted by a guy who, and Brandon kind of gets in massive detail about it, how the guy, like, literally grabbed his ass, but then, like, continued to, like, basically try to finger his asshole, like, that's how, you know, descriptive uh, Brendan was in his interview, like, it was just, wasn't just, like, a pat on the ass or a pinch that the guy claimed it was, he was, like, trying to, like, literally, like, finger his asshole, and it's, that, that's gotta be, like, very jarring, no matter who you are, like, I, you know, I grew up in an age where, you know, when I played football, the guys were like, hey, good play, smack you on the ass, and you go, that was kind of just a thing then, but this was apparently, like, dude, like, lingering around and holding his ass cheek, and, like, and it really shook him, like, you know, Brendan was really, really devastated by this, and it, that's when he really sort of just started becoming a recluse, and not really going out in public and whatnot, and even just dealing with interviews was a very tall task for him because of all this so you know clearly brendan's still doing stuff like he does like like a lot of tv stuff like i guess he's on a show called trust or something like that um he's done some other stuff uh so he's still clearly working in a sense but uh you know they talk about just oh, this this is just a very enlightening interview and I, it was he's a very interesting person because he was just like the hot thing during the 90s and of course he talked about how a lot of the roles he was getting was because of his looks and his you know physique you know he, he basically described himself at the time as just like meat like you know it was just something that people wanted him for mainly for because his physique and you know georgia jungle and crazy shit like that journey to the center of the earth so you know it just it was really interesting how a lot of this came about and the stuff that finally has come forward and it, it just shows you also when we look back at like Asia and Rose McGowan and all the Me Too movement stuff that it isn't just women that are dealing with this kind of stuff and men do too and it's in some ways no matter how hard it is for women uh, for men it's almost even harder because there is a sense of pride there is a sense of like the whole quote like man up and you know, for a guy to come forward on something like that, regardless of who the opposite sex is that did it to him, uh, it's very embarrassing and very problematic for them. I just, it's, you know, women may never understand it. It's really just a guy thing when we don't want to come forward or we don't, we have a hard time showing emotion or sensitivity in that kind of aspect. So it's very difficult. Uh, I've never had to deal with that particular thing, but, uh, well, technically I have, but, you know, for me, I, I, I don't know if I would, 
it was just a different time period, I guess. And that, for me, at the time, it was like I was in a bar and some chick grabbed my ass as I was walking to the table. Uh, I didn't necessarily like it. I swatted the hand away, but, it, you know, I just figured, oh, a drunk chick just being drunk. But I never, it never, I mean, it isn't something that stuck with me enough to alter how I looked at things. But for Brandon's case, when you're in a business environment and a guy that, you know, supposedly you're going to try to work with uh, or work for does this, it, it's a lot, lot more devastating. And, you know, he, Brandon felt that that was kind of something that, and a blackballing him or blacklisting him from the industry a little bit. But, you know, of course, the industry people are saying, nah, nah, Brandon was his own fault for not putting out good movies or whatever. But, you know, that's the status quo. That, you know, and that's a sad thing when shit like that happens and you're not getting much support. Hopefully now, though, with Brandon coming forward, that, you know, they'll take that a little more seriously. Uh, with stuff like that, because, you know, if if you're going to hold guys like, you know, shitheads like Harvey Weinstein uh, accountable for all his bullshit, you got to hold everybody accountable for the same standard, no matter who it is or doing it to. So, uh, like I said, GQ.com has this story in Brendan Fraser. Uh, it's pretty good. It's nice. It talks a little bit about what he's been doing, even just on his private life a little bit. He talks a little bit about a horse he has and his farm and whatnot but you know just check it out he's very enlightening with some of the stuff he was talking about and why he basically disappeared from the scene for a while all right let's get back into some music into our next block this is new stuff from just before dawn goliath revived Just a call In the war machine 
Hey there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music. Alright, closing out that block, a band called Seventh, The Gift of Death. DJ Nillis with you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast, Hordes of Chaos, Episode 76. Getting ready to jump into our rock block. Uh, new stuff from Alcatraz, Coltray, and I have, uh, well, we're going to kick it off with new stuff from Rebel Riot. This is provided by Vlad and Arm to Pit uh, Promotions. But uh, the end of our block is from a band called Arrow, A-R-O, and I, I got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about from that project. Um... Once the rock lock's done, I'm going to go into all that. It's it, I found it by accident, really, and it's really interesting and fascinating to me, the whole story behind it all. So I'll get into that when we get there. Uh, kicking out this rock block, though, some new Rebel Riot, Pedal to the Metal, Speed Kills. <laughs>
Do you live life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Dillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. Alright. As Arrow, A-R-O, closing out the rock block. And uh, some interesting factoid about that project. Following Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon. Uh, Arrow is the initials for Amy... I'm not sure what her middle name. Uh, let me check here real quick. Amy Rachel Osbourne. So, basically, I discovered that Ozzy has yet another sibling. Or another child. And uh, it's an interesting fact about her that at the time when they did the Osbournes, you know, you had Jack and his sister and then, of course, uh, Sharon. Amy, at age 16 or so, did not want to be a part of the show. Uh, And I find that that decision fascinating because at a young age, you know, when you're a teenager and whatnot, you know, sometimes you're kind of looking for that kind of started. Now, granted, she grew up with a famous father, so maybe that was already, as she said, part of why she didn't want to be a part of the craziness that came with it. But I just I just find that incredibly cool that at a young age, she, she just was smart enough to figure that out, that, you know, I don't want to be part of this uh, craziness that's going to be going on. I, I want to kind of develop into my own person. And so eventually she had to move out at a young age because in order to separate herself from the family, she couldn't be there. And for the short time that she was, I guess the filming was driving her nuts. So um, she found herself moving out. Of course, Sharon later, years later, said that she regretted having her leave. But, you know, at that time, like, if the girl doesn't want to be a part of it, then I understand. I don't know how they would have protected her otherwise. Um, so that song, um, shared something with the night that that's actually her newest single and I, they, they don't have like a full blown record out. Uh, they have some EPs and singles they've released within the last three or four years. Most of the other stuff that I've listened to though is a bit more pop sense stuff. So this one here had actually some more rock elements to it, which I really liked. Um, she's been compared to say... Um, Kate Bush, uh, PJ Harvey, Portishead, I see that. I also see a lot of uh, Chelsea Wolfe and uh, Fiona Apple a little bit in there with that. So it's just kind of like that gothic, dark, atmospheric rock stuff, and I think it really works for her. She's a great singer. Like I was really kind of blown away uh, by her uh, voice and everything else, so... You know, unlike, see, I, I never was blown away by Kelly Osborne at all with her stuff. She's not like a horrible singer, but I just was never blown away by it. This this girl here, Amy Osborne, though, uh, definitely uh, I think has a really good voice for this kind of stuff, and she's been working in music since like 2010, I believe, and so she's just finally coming around. Her, you know, she has like her own little band. Uh, I'm not sure when the album's going to be released. It's to be announced right now. 
And apparently, uh, she did appear in some shows early on, like in terms of like her career. She was doing videos, some with her father. Uh, she's been on the Howard Stern show at 98. Uh, also, she's been in a 2003 adaptation of Wuthering Heights for MTV. Uh, and then she did some voiceover work for our Postman Pat, the movie. So, uh, she has had some stuff in there uh, that she's done, which is kind of cool. But I, I think that she's kind of found her calling here with this particular sound and this band. Uh, who knows if the rest of the records are going to be like this. It may be more of the prior stuff that she has, but I, I find it very interesting. Um, you can actually find a little bit of information on her on mentalinjection.net, so just kind of look her up because the article itself was basically talking about her decision not to be a part of the Osbournes, and I just I, I found it fascinating. Neko knew who she was and knew that she existed. I did not. So that's that's totally new news, new news, new news for me. God damn, I can't say that right. Uh, all right, so let's get back into some uh, music here. Got some new War Kings kicking off this block. Also got some Fin Troll and Red Moon Architect. Here we go. <laughs>
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you Getting to our last topic of the episode. Um, so I, I saw an interesting article on filmcombatsyndicate.com. They're going to remake a film called The Man from Nowhere. And before I get into all that, uh, as when it comes to Asian film, like usually I'm more into obviously martial arts movies, um, horror movies, and that's been going on for a long time. Obviously, other people are as well. But some of these other movies, these action movies uh, that end up coming into U.S., you know, and you know, just through the markets and whatnot. There's some other films out there that aren't quite martial arts and are not quite horror. They're a little bit of both, uh, a bit more drama. And you know, some of the things I'm thinking of, like uh, go back to 2000s versus. Uh, by a Japanese uh, director, Rithu Kitamura. Uh, it's like a... It's a zombie movie, but it has, like, guns and swords and it's, you know, a bit of martial arts in it. So it's it's not your atypical zombie movie, like Train to Busan or anything like that. Um, but, like, that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, also, 2014's uh, Killers... Uh, which was a very cool concept. I mean, we've seen similar things like Kiss the Girls. Uh, but Killers uh, takes a couple of serial killers who are basically going online and competing with one another for the best kills and all this other stuff. They discover each other through the internet. And uh, one of the, the killers is portrayed by Kazuki Kitamura, uh, who also played X in Godzilla Final War, so he was like the main alien bad guy in that film. So I always, I always loved that idea that, you know, he was the actor that did that as well as this. So this the movie Killers from 2014 is fantastic as well. But that doesn't uh, take away anything from The Man from Nowhere, which came out in 2010. Uh, basically, it's a film about... Uh, a hitman who uh, discovers that a young girl who he's befriended is kidnapped and he goes out of his way to try to rescue her. Um, it would be the final on-screen appearance by Juan Ben, who's the main actor in that. It's produced and directed by uh, or directed by Lee Jun Byung, and uh, who also did uh, another great film called No Tears for the Dead. So uh, check out those movies without a doubt. The remake itself, 
uh, is going to be, I believe, made by Chad Stahelisky and screenwriter Derek Colstead, uh, who are responsible for some of the John Wick stuff that we see right now. Uh, so I'm kind of anticipating and excited about that. I'm not sure who they have plans on being the lead in that, but um, should be a lot of fun, and I, I'm really looking forward to that. So it, I don't know how you really like describe those type of movies because, like I said, they're not full-on action, but they're drama. I guess could be a little bit like the Departed type things, um, but either way, uh, definitely check out those movies, the originals, before they even make the remake. Uh, no Tears for the Dead, Man from Nowhere, Killers and Verses. Those are some high recommendations from me. Um, check them out. You'll probably love them. All right, we're going to get into our next block here, all provided by Grand Sounds and Inverse Records. Uh, a lot of doomish stuff coming your way, so we're going to kick it off with some Megalith Levitation, OPM Ceremony.
is anime from Darken and you are listening to the Holes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio.
crushing force inferior humans closing out that block dj nubis metal time radio podcast episode 76 hordes of chaos coming to a close hope you all enjoyed it had a lot of great stuff in there for you today some interesting topics to think over and ponder and we're going to get ready to get the fuck out of here special thanks sky nielsen promotions krypton scully from metal mania for all their support of the Metal Time Radio Podcast, and we miss Neko. Hope she gets back soon and safe. All right, one track left for you. In fact, uh, a couple of these tracks, the last three songs, I uh, shoot over to Crypt, uh, Metal Mania. Uh, one was uh, Shellfire uh, Band, and also uh, this last track from Infernal Seer is another one I recommended to him. So maybe you'll hear them on their show uh, coming up soon today. Here is Infernal Seer, Perceptive Disorder, and I will see you all next time. Cheers.